Hey, before we get into the podcast, I just want to thank this week's sponsor. This week's sponsor is Sock Panda. They are a monthly sock subscription service, and I have personally bought them for members of my family, specifically my daughter. She absolutely loved them. Once a month, she'd be able to go out to the mailbox and get a new pair of socks, and it was always a surprise on like what they were. Sometimes it was like a surfing squirrel and other times there were aliens it was just pretty much all sorts of socks for everything you could possibly imagine and they have men's socks women's socks tween socks uh kid socks and you can go on you can purchase just one set or you can get a subscription and it makes for a great gift and this we're heading into the holiday season and supply chains are an issue so this is going to be a great gift that gives for the whole year or six months or however long you want to sign up for the sock subscription and even better than that, the Sock Panda team is, is dedicated to using its socks to make the world a better place. The company donates socks to those in need for every purchase. As of today, the company has donated over 141,000 pairs of socks to homeless shelters, low-income senior centers, hospitals, and underprivileged classrooms throughout the country. You can't go wrong with Sock Panda. They make great stuff, and they do great things. And today, they're giving our listeners a 15% discount. So you can go to SockPanda.com slash discounts slash Inebriart15 to get 15% off your order. And we just want to say thank you to them for sponsoring the show. And make sure you go there and get some socks for yourself or for your loved ones this holiday season. Welcome back, Inebriates. This is Andy, the Inebriate Podcast. And uh, I am joined today, and uh, abnormally, I did actually a little bit of research going into this, and I found out today's guest uh, is a dog lover. Um, yes, and they're walking around right now. Yeah. Oh, my God, they're so cute. Uh, big <laughs> big dog fan myself. Uh, Kristen Renton, welcome to the show. Thank you uh, for having me on. Yeah, anytime. Uh, so beyond being a dog lover, you're an actress. And I am somewhat familiar with your work because I have seen a fair amount of Sons of Anarchy, but not a ton. Um, but that's one of the things you're known for. You got a new movie out, um, The Crickets Dance, correct? That's yes. officially out, right? Yeah, okay. Yep, um, so how has being on a show like Sons of Anarchy, which was just a juggernaut, was that life altering? Did that you know, suddenly, you know, people knocking down your door, like how, how did your life change after something like that? Well, you know, if you, if you take out just the fact that it was such a fan favorite and you know, that it does now have this cult following and pretty much everybody knows whether they've seen it or not, everybody knows what Sons of Anarchy is. Mm -hmm. um, just being able to say I worked with the caliber of people that were on that show was life-changing. I mean, if I never do anything again, I had that experience and, and that was absolutely amazing. And to find out that, you know, you hear a lot of stories about people in Hollywood, a lot of A-list actors that, you know, you, you want to meet them and you get so excited about it and then they turn out to be assholes, right? right. None of these guys, they were all just the most amazing, sweet, kind, hilarious, raunchy guys <laughs> and it was like going to hang out with your brothers every day. You know, you went to work. So, I mean, that was such a blessing. Um, it, you know, is that kind of, you know, don't meet your heroes kind of thing. And people, are, you know, celebrities can be assholes. 
do you think that's kind of like a, a not an old wives tale, but a, a, a tale of kind of like days gone by? I just from everything I hear now, people are like, oh, my God, this person's so nice. This person's so nice. Has that changed in Hollywood where people are like we don't work with them anymore? So like, I think of- yes and no, especially now with social media, because if you do something fucking stupid yeah. and you isolate yourself in that way, it's going to get released. It's going to get leaked and people are going to find out, you know, people, everybody, you, you have the world at your fingertips with these things. So it's like, you really kind of, you got to walk that line. It, it really would behoove you to be nice instead of, you know, being a diva, but people still do it. I mean, I, I've been to autograph signings and comic cons where I'm watching the behavior of some of these, uh, some of these actors and, and celebrities. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. How in the world are people tolerating this kind of behavior and this rudeness? I mean, I, I know one guy and I'm not going to say any names, mm-hmm. But he literally took a water bottle and threw it at one of the volunteers because it wasn't the perfect temperature. Like, oh my god, that's ridiculous! Crazy. Yeah, ridiculous stuff like that still happens. But you know, a lot of the people that get away with it, they've been in the business for so long, nobody's gonna, you know, excommunicate them at this point. I think they're just kind of right. waiting for them to go away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and that's the thing is like the the people that I think of who, again, I won't name names, but who are historically like that that i know of anyways is kind of that you know they were famous in the 60s and aren't really famous anymore and it's kind of like are they jaded because they're not or is it just like that was accepted back then it just seems like everyone i have met uh or gotten to speak to on the podcast whatever have been so sweet and so nice that it's just like i I almost wonder if that's not as common anymore or not the, the deal and I think, you know what, I think, uh, I I hope people are moving in that direction and be more appreciative of, you know, what they have and, and, you know, the fact that they have fans and how quickly that can be taken away. So they better shape up kind of situation. I I hope that it's going down that path. I mean, myself, I've, I've never been any different. So, I mean, I wouldn't really know, but I, I definitely think with the invention of, you know, these social media platforms that it's, it's causing people to kind of reevaluate their attitude and what they put out there um, with regards to, you know, their personality and, and things they say and things they do. And to play the devil's advocate, it's like, it's also gonna be tough because I mean, God knows I've had bad days where I've been mean or said something that even like now I'm like, well, I probably shouldn't have said that you know, yeah. to be in a situation like yourself where, you know, there's cameras on you all the time. Like that has to be. Tricky. Lord knows, I have days. My God, I'm lucky. My boyfriend doesn't put me on blast all the time. <laughs> the shit I do. It's, it, <laughs> it could be, I mean, but I mean, we're human. We right. have to remember that we're all human. And, and I think that's one thing that a lot of people, it, it's hard for people um, in the public eye to really get people who aren't, to kind of remember sometimes is that we are all human and we all fuck up and we all make mistakes and we all have bad days. And, you know, it, it, it can be really taxing having to put out this perfect image all the time. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I, and honestly, I, I think that that's it, people pretending to be something they're not um, really, you know, especially in, in this business wears on them. And, you know, you, you go to your drink and you go to your jug and you go to this place where you, you stifle it down. And then all of a sudden shit hits the fan, you know? Yeah. So when you were growing up, did you always want to be an actress? Is, is that no? 
I got, I got really lucky. Um, I wanted to be a marine biologist, actually. And I mean, that uh, was my second guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 of course. And um, I wanted to do that or like uh, be a dolphin trainer. And then when I realized what captivity really meant for those animals, I was like, well, fuck that. No, I'm not. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I still love anything having to do with the ocean or, or marine life or, or any animal, actually, for that matter. But um, it was kind of weird how I got into acting. My older sister was a model and um, I kind of was following her in her footsteps and I was taking a couple of classes just to be able to speak on camera because I was doing, you know, like these ridiculous local like runway shows at, you know, uh, the mall, right? Yep. Yeah, or yeah. Limited to or the gap <laughs> or something. And um, and so I was just taking a couple of classes to be able to speak on camera just in case, you know, so that way I wouldn't freeze if there was ever, you know, like the local news or something was there. Yeah. Um, and uh, through a strange chain of events, um, I ended up going to this what we call a cattle call where they, you know, anybody who wants to come and stand in front of an agent, you know, and so there were like 350 kids there. And out of all of them, I was one of three that this agent from LA asked to come to California. And, you know, I have, I have some pretty awesome parents and they, they left it up to me. They didn't try to dissuade me in either way. And, and they just said, you know, look, we just don't want you to look back on this and say, what if, because I mean, I was in high school. I didn't want to leave my boyfriend. I didn't want to leave my friends. I mean, you know, yeah. I was more worried about how I was getting beer on Friday than, you know, starting <laughs> a career. Yeah. Right. So, uh, yeah. So I decided to give it a go and um, got to LA. And about two months later, I got my first commercial and I was hooked. So, yeah. So you started really early, but I mean, like, I don't see any face tattoos. I don't think you shaved your head. Like, Close. I'm not <laughs> but I mean, like, how how do you keep that kind of normalcy balance? And, and, and like, it's got to be so difficult because you're basically being paid to pretend to be someone else and and like live in kind of like a fantasy world. But then, like, you have to live in the real world too. Like, is is that challenging? Yeah. You know, I had I have a great family. I had really good friends in LA that. um you know, we kind of watched out for each other. Um, and I never bought into at, at the risk of sounding a bit like an asshole. I never bought into the Hollywood bullshit. I mean, I never bought into that. You got to go to the club and you got to, you know, sit in the booth and do the Coke and, you know, all that crap. I just mm -hmm. never, like, I didn't care. Being famous was never a priority for me. I just wanted to work. So I think that really kept me out of a lot of the drama and a lot of the the stuff that you see, like the, you know, Paris Hilton's and Lindsay Lohan's got themselves into. I just didn't, I didn't care. I didn't, I didn't need any of that, you know? So I, I'm just much more of a homebody and, and I really just cared about the work and, and, you know, my animals and volunteering and that kind of stuff versus going out and partying. Now, don't get me wrong. I've had many, a <laughs> many a long night in LA, but, uh, yeah. you know, it wasn't, it wasn't something that that became part of my regimen. Right. I mean, everything in moderation, you know, I mean, yeah. go and have some fun. Um, so what was it? You said you were hooked after that first commercial. Like, what was it about? Well, first, what was a commercial for? Was this anything like embarrassing or nationwide insurance? And I got ah, that sounds loud. super dull. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually really fun. Yeah. Um, and because uh, it was just all they really just it was improv. And um, really? Yeah. And I actually got because I had to drive a car in the commercial, even though I had my license, 
um, I got to work with a stunt driver because legally they needed you to, you know, have that time with that stunt driver if you're going to drive on set. Yeah. And so he was teaching me how to pull the e-brake and like all this stuff that we didn't need to do for the commercial. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, I just had a lot of fun on set. And uh, uh, I got really lucky because they took that commercial. There was like four that they did in a series, all different people. Mm-hmm. And um, at one point they took clips of all of those and put it into another. Com- so I basically got paid for two commercials with only shooting one. So that oh, was like- that's cool. Yeah. Got really lucky in that department. Um, and it, it was just so much fun just being on set and like going through the whole process of learning. I mean, it was a national commercial and it was the first time I was ever on set. So it was just this crash course in, you know, everything on what to do. And it was just, it was, I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. I think I, there was also just that level of naivete that, that, you're like, oh man, this is so great. And you just don't realize how much hard work it's going yeah. to be. I'm getting paid for this. Yeah. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, I was, God, I was 16 and a half, if that. So, you know, you just, you're making your own money. You're doing your own thing. You know, your mom's not there. You don't have to deal with any of that. You know, yeah. I was, I got myself emancipated so I could work as an adult. And so it was like, it was just awesome. It was a lot of fun. That's cool. So you got trained in some basic stunt driving and I'm sure you've gone through some other like weird skill learning along the way. Like I know I think it was Samuel L. Jackson picked up the guitar for um, Black Snake Moan and be, like got hooked. Like is have you picked up skills along the way that like are now hobbies or? Well, um, I've gotten into uh, like I, I like shooting guns now gotten yeah. a little bit into that but that actually i mean that's that I, my dad was in the military so i've always kind of been aware of the responsible way to use weapons so i mm-hmm. mean that wasn't too far off but i mean i definitely because some of the roles i've played i've had to use some some weapons so that was that's probably something that i've enjoyed um i people often ask me if i ride motorcycles because of sons of anarchy but i actually got my license because i wanted to ride with my dad my dad's ridden basically his whole life. So I wanted to be able to do that with him. Um, you know, that's a good question. I haven't really thought about that. I'm sure there's other stuff that I'm just like not thinking of at the moment. Do, do you, do you think part of getting that role in Sons of Anarchy was that you were familiar with motorcycles? I wish I could say yes, but <laughs> no, because the audition, I'm literally, I'm, I'm playing a porn star. So like she wasn't really on the bike. Oh, okay, she yeah. In the studio, and I wish I could have said I I knew anything about that, but I didn't. So you know, well, that's okay. Again, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. That's. Um. So I definitely want to talk about your your uh, volunteering with animals because I think that's huge and and great because like I said I'm I'm a, a definite dog lover, cats not so much but you know whatever. <laughs> uh, she's so- like mine. She thinks she's a dog. Yeah. Oh, um, so how did you get involved in that? Tell us a little bit about that, like what you're doing. Um, I've just always really loved animals. And um, when I was younger, uh, you know, the, the animals that I adopted all came from the pound or the shelter. Mm-hmm. And um, I, when I, when I was about, oh God, I think second grade, third grade, I went to go visit my uncle in um, Seattle and he had these two Doberman pinchers that, um, uh, he had rescued and they had been really badly abused. So they were very uh, protective of him. 
And I ended up getting attacked by them. You know, I was young. I didn't know what I was doing. All I want to do is love on animals. And they they were not the ones to be loving on. Right. Mm -hmm. And so from that moment on, I was terrified of large dogs, absolutely terrified. And when I got to LA, um, I ended up going to Boxer Rescue Los Angeles and um, volunteering uh, and, and learning kind of how the, how to help the dogs and how the dogs were helping me actually get over my fears. Yeah. Um, and I, I just got hooked. I mean, those, I call them my smushy face nuggets and they are just <laughs> the coolest, um, you know, and, uh, and I ended up adopting several dogs out of, out of that rescue and fostering many uh, medical um, needs dogs who had either just gotten out of surgery or didn't buy a car or something like that. Um, so they needed a foster, you know, they couldn't stay in the shelter. Um, I raised puppies for them from when they were four days old. It was, we rescued them. They were a hoarder situation. And, yeah. um, the, uh, 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 mom had died in, in birth and they called the rescue and said, if you don't come pick up these puppies, we're going to drown them. Yeah. Cause that's how to get rid of puppies when they don't want them. Um, Are you serious? Oh, that's yeah. terrible. Mm-hmm. It's the easiest way. Yeah. You just hold it underwater. I know it's horrific. So, um, so yeah, I mean, they, they helped me get over my issues and, and, you know, I'm forever grateful for that. So I, I help as, as much as I can. And, and, you know, it's branched out from just the local rescue there to, you know, I work with countless other um, charitable organizations dealing with animals and, and, um, you know, anything that I can do to help, especially if it's something as simple as posting or spreading the word or starting a fundraiser or anything like that, obviously going to do that. Yeah, that's awesome. We do a, um, we obviously we haven't done it in like two years, but, uh, we do an arts for animals. We partner with the local uh, animal shelter and we do a pop-up art show and all the art is donated so if it sells the the proceeds go to the animal shelter and oh that's great you'll yeah. have to you'll have to let me know when the next one you guys are doing and i'll, I'll post about it oh yeah that'd be awesome it probably won't yeah. be till this summer and you know we do it uh, at a local brewery so you know oh that's even better <laughs> yeah we know how to plan a party um, <laughs> nice but yeah it's it's you know i've always had dogs growing up and and you know it's just that unfiltered love you know it's like they are always 100 percent excited to see you absolutely yeah they're they're the best um so i i I commend you i think that's great um what was the name of the rescue again might as well plug them again um so that was boxer rescue los angeles and um but there's i mean there are so many just i mean anywhere wherever you live you know, there's going to be a rescue there, whether it's a specific breed rescue, like boxer rescue, or if it's just a local rescue, you know, there's much love or, I mean, there's just countless, you know, we, yeah. we even have one here that, um, my, I recently moved and my new neighbor, uh, told me about, and it's called Kitty city. And it's just this woman who has dedicated her life to helping these feral cats. And, you know, she gives them a place to stay and feeds them and gets them spayed and neutered. So they don't just keep reproducing. Keep, yeah. Yeah. That's the biggest issue, obviously, with any stray animals. They they just keep reproducing. So then, you know, it just exacerbates the problem. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, there's there's a lot of good people out there doing a lot of really good work that just goes unrecognized because it's, you know, there's just so much that needs to be done. Yeah, that's awesome. It, I mean, I don't know how it is out there, but, you know, here in Plymouth, it, it's super dog friendly. There's restaurants with patios that you can bring your dogs like almost all the breweries you can bring dogs to it almost becomes like 
you know, I've seen people walk into restaurants, people like, you can't have that dog here. And people like, what do you mean? And like, it's, I love that. Yeah. So very dog friendly town. Um, it's great. But, um, to, to kind of get back on, on point, which I do sometimes, um, you had your first, uh, commercial gig and you fell in love and what was like your, your, you know, your big break per se, like, when did you go from commercials to, to, did you go to TV or to movies or? The, um, you know, the first kind of big theatrical show that I got, um, was, a, a I got a series regular role on an MTV show. And that was a lot of fun. Cause we went and filmed in, in Vancouver. And that was the first real, like scripted theatrical job I ever had. And so again, it was like this crazy crash course in you know how to be on a television series and what show was it it was called now what uh in the states and in canada and overseas it was called the sausage factory it actually had uh johnny lewis who was on sons as well Mm -hmm. he he and i that was our very first tv show ever and we were on that together along with adam brody from like the oc um same he was on it um and then uh, a couple other another actor adam frost i believe he's now a writer he does a lot of, uh, I think he wrote for the show Castle for a while. Oh, that's um, a good show. I like that one. Yeah, I liked yeah. that show. Yeah. Um, and uh, the other two actors, there was six of us. The other two, they've since left the business and I'm not quite sure what they're up to. But, um, but I mean, it was a great group of kids. And it was all like our, mainly like all of our first kind of gig. And mm-hmm. um, it, was, it was a lot of fun. I still, I still get residual checks. So it's still being shown in like Sweden or something. Yeah. <laughs> Somewhere. <laughs> I don't even know, but, um, that was, that one was a lot of fun. And so that to me really kind of opened the door to understanding how everything worked. And, um, and yeah, and it's just been a grind ever since. What what was like the, the big lesson? Like, were you like, Oh, okay, this is serious. Or this is like real business. Was there any point where you're like, okay, this is work and not just fun or. Yeah. I mean, so. It was, uh, we were all really young. I mean, the youngest one, I think I was 17 at the time. The youngest kid on it was Johnny. He was, I think, a year younger than me. Um, and, uh, you know, so we were a young group of kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we're, we're living on our own in another con- country yeah. at the time, you know, so we're kind yeah, of- You don't have to use air quotes. Canada is another country. <laughs> it is, but uh, to me, it feels like, like look, we're, it's, yeah. you know, we're just the, you know, the, the neighbor downstairs that smokes a lot of weed. Um, so it it was learning how to be really on your own and figure, you know, get yourself to set all that stuff. Um, you know, you learned a lot about what to do, what not to do, how to deal with the producers. The cool thing about it was everybody was super laid back. Everybody was super friendly. It wasn't, um, this was one of MTV's first scripted series. So I think they were kind of figuring it out as well. You know, yeah. um, so it was everybody that was a part of the project, though, was really great and, and really understanding of kind of where we all were and, and you know, the learning process. And um, I actually worked with one of the directors of that show. I actually did a film back in, I think, 2015. And we looked at each other. We're like, I, how do I know you? And I literally went on <laughs> and figured out he had been a director yeah. on that show, you know, 15 years earlier. Um, and it was so great to work with him again. So it, yeah, it was relationships that, that, you know, will, will always be. It's funny how that happens. Um, you know, we're, we're now, 
I think we're about 260 some odd episodes in on this podcast. Mm. And um, before COVID, we only recorded in person. And since then, we've kind of adopted Zoom and it's great. So I still use it. And we started running comedy shows fairly recently. And my producer, I was interested, you know, all the comics were coming in and, you know, like, oh, you know, Fish, this is Tom. And and he's like, oh, hey, it's nice to meet you. And I'm like, he's been on the show. And he's like, oh, it must have been a Zoom one. I'm like, you were there when we recorded. (laughs) (laughs) But it has been a lot ever since we've all been doing Zoom. It's like when you don't physically go from point A to point B, like shit just blends together. You know, it's 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 weird too. Cause like I get to talk to all these people and obviously 260 some odd people for 45 minutes to an hour at a time. And you're like, okay, that's great. And some of them you stay in touch with and, and continue yeah. to be friends. And then there's other ones where like a, a episode will pop up and I'll see the name. I'm like, I don't know who the hell that is. <laughs> I'll have to go back and listen and be like, Oh, Oh, right. Right. Okay. That guy that did the thing. And yeah. Okay. So it's just <laughs> <That's> funny. <laughs> like I totally relate to that. Why do I know you kind of, Oh, I've gotten really good because I'll the amount of people you meet when you're doing like a convention, like a Mm Comic-Con. I mean, you just have the, you know, it, and it's just a sea of faces and they just keep coming. And so, you know, I try, I try my best to remember everybody a horrible name. So like, I'll Mm -hmm. remember your face, but you know, people will come in and be like, Hey, I saw you at the blah, blah, blah one. And I'm just gotten so good at being like, yeah, how are you? And I'm (laughs) How is your I significant dog. other or dog <laughs> or pet of like some I kind? try really hard, but sometimes it's just either too much time's gone by or you've had like two other conventions in between. And it's just, it's a lot. It's very surreal. And obviously, you know, I, I used to sell my artwork at conventions and, well, you know, yeah, on much smaller scale, uh, I'm, I'm sure you get, I, I never had a line, um, but, uh, you know, we, you know, you'd be talking to someone and they'd be like, I know I have that print on my wall and it would just like blow my mind and be like, you came back and they're like, I was looking for you. And you're like, really? That's awesome. <laughs> but, yeah. But, but I mean, like, do you have like, what was it like for your first con to see kind of that line of people waiting? Well, the very first one that I went to was the one in New Jersey. Oh, Ch- Chiller. Chiller Theater, yeah, I've been to Chiller a bunch of times. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Well, I'm talking like that's an experience. I mean, there were uh, Priscilla Presley was there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the guys from The Walking Dead. I mean, there was a lot of really. It was quite the plethora of people. I think the last one I went to, Penny Marshall was there. Oh shit! Yeah. It's crazy. One which and and uh, they had the Batmobile, mm-hmm. Tiffany, the singer from like the eighties. Tiffany, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Hulk was there, and um, my the one where I completely geeked out, and this is going to sound really funny to you probably, but Mickey Dolan's. I grew up. Listening oh sure, to the monkeys, I, I loved the Monkeys as a kid. They were my first concert that I went to. Yeah. I you know ever since I was a little little kid, I was obsessed. And I remember when I first moved to LA. I had a friend from acting class and we went bowling right on Ventura Boulevard. There's this bowling alley that's been there forever. And uh, he literally came and was in the lane next to us. And I was like, holy shit, that's Mickey Dolan. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Don't geek out. You know, be, yeah. and be cool. So, be cool. And all your friends are like, we are cool. <laughs> they're like, I don't care. Yeah. Who is that? <laughs> and so I literally, I was like, oh my God, I got to get his autograph. But I was trying to play it cool. And so he bowled like two games by himself. 
and he was, you know, making jokes to us and, and then he was getting ready to leave. And I'm like, I can't, I can't let him leave. I can't let him leave. So I literally ran after him and I tapped him on the shoulder and I was like, and this kind of goes into what we were just talking about. I, I said, you know, I was like, Mr. Dolenz, can, can I get an autograph? I've been a fan of yours ever since I was a little kid. And he kind of looked at me because I was 16. Right. Like, yeah. How old are you? Like, what? How do you know who I am? And I yeah. said, well, you understand, like, you were my first concert. Oh, my gosh, this is such such a pleasure meeting you. So cut to, I'm at this Comic-Con, and he's there. And, I'm, and you know, I'm in a totally different position now. It's right. 18 years later or whatever. Do you remember and, that time I played, you know, I was bowling next to you? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, and I went in and I had asked the the coordinator, I was like, hey, can I, can I meet Mickey? He's the only one I really give a shit about meeting. And, um, so they brought me in and he signed a couple of things for me. And I, and I did, I totally turned into one of those people where I'm like, yo, back in the day, you were bowling next to me and I ran up to you and I wanted your autograph and he didn't have a clue what to say to that. Yeah. But, um, I was like, it just, it was so cool. It was full circle. You know, it was, it was really, it really neat experience. But I, I love that you can experience like both sides of that. Yeah. Know? That you're mm-hmm. like, yeah. And, and cons, I've been to a con in a long time. But they're so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. It is. I give people such credit. I mean, there are some cosplay that are just phenomenal. I mean, they put so much time and effort into it and they're walking around and like, girl, I couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. Good for you. And then there's others that you're just like, did you look at yourself before you left the house today? I'm just (laughs) (laughs) like, what is happening right now? Yeah. But I get, I mean, they're out and living their best life and you cannot be upset with that. I mean, it is just you, as long as you're happy, you do you, you know, our, our favorite game to play conventions. Cause I mean, there's so many characters and so many genres now that you can't have the knowledge of all characters. So yeah. we would play cosplayer clothes. <laughs> so you'd like nudge the guy next to you and like point someone and be like cosplayer coat clothes. And it was always like, Okay, are they eccentric or is that a costume? You know, it's always a really, really good one. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I'm talking about because you really don't know, and no. and there's such a wide variety of of people from all different genres that you're just like, you no know, way to know. Yeah, that's so a great can, game. I'm gonna. It's play a super that. good game. You should play it. It's, it's so much fun because it's really hard. <laughs> Trust me, I know. Yeah. yeah. Um. So now that you're con famous or or whatever (laughs) um is it you know is it much easier to get i think i already asked this is it easier to get roles or do you get contacted more about roles you know yes and no um it's it's well let me reframe that a little bit because i've heard this before how much because you brought up social media how much yeah. does social media weigh into getting roles? Cause I've heard that like people be like, Oh, like how, you know, how many followers do you have online? Yeah, no, they, it's definitely, the industry is evolving. It's so different than when I first got in. Um, it's definitely evolving. So social media has now become one of the most important things. I mean, I have lost role because I refuse to buy followers. So every single follower that I have, I, if it's a bot, I don't know about it because I didn't buy it, but every single one I have, I earned. And so is that a common practice with actors to really? Okay. Oh yeah. You, like I said, I've never done it. So I don't know, but I I know that it's like a penny a follower, something Mm -hmm. like that. So, you know, you can get a shit ton of followers for not that much, but no. Right. Just no, I'm not. No, 
I'm not, I'm not, again, this goes back to the whole, I don't buy into the, you know, the bullshit. So I, um, I'm like, no, I, I use my social media for a lot of my animal rescue stuff for, you know, I try to do it for promoting positivity. I try to do it just, you know, to obviously talk about whatever's going on with my you promote kids. positivity on social media. You're definitely not I, doing it right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much, I've never seen that. But, um, you know, uh, I have definitely lost roles because there are people who buy followers who, you know, may have more of a reach than I do, or, you know, there's now we've got this whole genre of people who are Insta famous, you know, um, influencers who, I learned today this, you know, they say you learn something new every day. I learned today that there are influencer houses. Oh yeah. That are houses full of influencers that they don't pay to live there. And someone I'm like, that is bizarre. And the pictures. So there's a a show called good mythical morning. I watch it every morning and they uh, reviewed some of them. And the one guy link was getting so mad. He like, he's like, it looks like they're squatting there. It's just like bean bags and camp chairs. And it's crazy. Yeah, no, it's, it's these houses where people and a lot of times it's gamers that, um, you know, end up getting together. They're individually famous in their own right, famous in their own right on, as, you know, on social media with gaming. And then they get together and they have this like gaming house and they compete. Uh, it's a whole foreign world to me. I have no idea. Yeah, I'm, you know, not in college. I don't feel like rooming with anybody right now. So. <laughs> um, yeah. I just, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's all the time, you know, a bunch of, you know, the Insta models, they get together and then they you know, it's just, I don't, I, whatever. I'm obviously too old. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. So somehow, even though you're lacking in, in uh, Instagram follows, you managed to still learn uh, land roles like uh, the crickets dance. Um, tell us a little bit about that. I, I read a quick synopsis and it sounds really interesting. If you could... Um, the film itself is based on a book, uh, on a novel by the name, uh, the same name, uh, written yeah. by a woman by the name of uh, Deborah Robillard. And she um, did a phenomenal job of really marrying uh, present day and then um, uh, another time and another place that was not quite as amazing. Um, you know, it, it touches on a lot of really um, dramatic topics, really um poignant topics. Um, yeah, it sounded pretty the, heavy. Yeah. The, the basic tone of the film though is, is about, is a love story. Okay. Um, it's a love story in present day. And it's also a, a tragic love story um, back in the 1800s. So it, it, they did a, a phenomenal job, like I said, of, of marrying those two. And, and my character, I play Angie Lawrence. Um, she goes on this journey of kind of self-discovery and um, evolution as a person um, with with, uh, this diary that she discovers and these characters are in this diary, they're leading her on this journey. And it's it's a really beautiful story. I had a really wonderful time playing playing that character. Now, I mean, it, it... Uh, involves like um, antebellum South and, and slavery and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. We, so one of our other shows um, is called the old colony cast. And we talk a lot about history in our area. So, you know, we mm-hmm. talk about indigenous people and it's really hard because it's, it's so much fun making, you know, content like this, but sometimes the topics aren't fun at all. Yeah. And in, in but it's so far in the past that it's hard to kind of, like, w- was it 
a struggle where you're like some days where you're like maybe goofing around on set and you're like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be goofing around on a day like today because we're going to film such and such a scene or. Yeah, that's a great question. So where we were was an actual antebellum from that time period with actual Mm -hmm. slave quarters still on the property. And um, a lot of the people that were uh, part of this project uh, were either local or had grown up in the South, including my um, co-star Maurice, who he's uh, from Augusta Mm -hmm. and he is a descendant of slaves. And so he and I had some really deep conversations um, in between takes of different scenes and whatnot about what being on this property meant to him, uh, what emotions it was evoking for him, you know, uh, what he had discussed with his family about it, um, you know, and, and also we shot it in 2019. So it was the beginning of a lot of these movements that we're, we're dealing with now. Yeah. Um, these discussions that we're having that, you know, uh, we're really starting to come to a head, whether it be, you know, the women's rights or um, the Black Lives Matter movement or, you know, just a lot of these inequality topics that, that have been coming up. So it was it was very interesting timing that, that, you know, we didn't plan it that way, but a lot of those things were happening in reality and we're there kind of discussing them in this film. And, mm-hmm. um, it, it was there were some days where, yeah, there was some heavy topics that we had to broach and, 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 you know, I definitely was very uh, sensitive to a lot of my co-stars who were there and and how they were processing it. Because look, I, as a white female, I have no idea what, what that would feel like. Yeah. You know, being a descendant of a slave, I have no idea. So I'm going to sit there and I'm going to respect you and, and, do whatever I can to make you more comfortable. And, and if there's anything you need from me, you know, I just, mm-hmm. it was really interesting. And there was um, some, some verbiage in the film that, um, you know, initially Veronica, our director was going to shoot, she wrote the screenplay that we were going to keep in on the day we decided that uh, it wasn't necessary because the action or the subtext was going to get the, the uh, point across. So there was some adjustments that we did as well, but yeah. um, you know, for the most part, everybody there was aware of what was going on in the world and aware of what this subject matter really meant. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, we didn't really run into any issues in that regard. Do you have a preference to roles like that or more something more action packed like sons or uh, a comedic role? Like, do you have a particular favorite one that you like to do or is it just more you like? You know, I one think, of those, like I try to like to do something new kind of thing. I, I do like to do all, all different genres. There is, I don't think there's one that I favor more than the other. Um, I love comedy, but I mean, I have found, and this is just my opinion. This is just me being opinionated. Um, I find that there's a lot of really stupid comedy that I don't find funny. So it's hard mm-hmm. to kind of find something that you connect with in that regard. Um, but I, I really like this particular role. I mean, I, I've done characters like I played Ima on Sons. I've done a lot of those characters and, and they're a lot of fun because playing the bad girl is always more fun than playing the good girl. It sure, just is. of course. Yeah. Um, but this was a really, I, I really believed in this story and this, this character and watching kind of the process that she goes through and the evolution um, coming out the other side. Um, 
it's just a beautiful story. And, and she was such a pleasure to play. And um, I think it was a nice kind of change from what I normally do. So yeah. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. But I, sure, of course, one day I'd love to play, you know, some badass gunslinging, you know, karate chopping action star. And that would superhero be- movie. I feel like it yeah, so awesome, many of those now. I mean, I don't know if that will happen, yeah. but you know, I'm very content with, with the roles that I've played. I've gotten really lucky. So you, you say you really like comedy, but you don't like stupid comedy and comedy is such a eye of the beholder kind of thing. Everyone finds something a little different. You know, I am a very much like um, crude or dark, you know, sarcastic kind of jokes. Like what it, what is your comedic influence? Like, is there a stand-up or a particular movie that really hits your co- comedic sense? I'm a big fan of British comedy, kind of the dry. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Dry stuff. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I, I love a dark comedy. I love when you laugh at shit you shouldn't laugh at, but you have to because it's funny. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I know um, there was, I'm trying to think. Was, was there a, a British, uh, I, for myself, I'm a big fan of, um, well, QI is more of a, a panel show, but it's really, really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, have you ever seen Black Books? No. Oh, it's so good. It's got um, Bill Bailey and um, I'm going to blank on the other guy's name, Irish uh, comedian. Uh, and the Irish comedian plays Bernard Black, who owns a bookstore. And okay. he's this chain smoking, wine swilling asshole. Love it. I love who, it. And his biggest problem is people keep coming in to, to buy books. And he just doesn't want to <laughs> deal with people, just want to drink his wine and read books. I love it. And it's called Black Book? Black Books, yeah. Uh-huh. And it, it, I think there's three seasons, and it's, you know, starts off. Um, you, uh, it starts off, it kind of gets more and more silly as it goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's great. Uh, Nick Frost and Simon Pegg both appear oh. on it. Oh, they're they're two of my favorites. Yeah. So I they, mean, they're kind of how I got into that whole world, and and I just love them so much. Um, and like even uh, one of my favorite films, um, well, anything that that they've done. I mean, all of their their films. Yeah. Is, it, Shaun of the Dead is just like phenomenal. Oh, it's it's a perfect uh, movie. Perfect. Yeah. Um, but I see, I love one of the first films when it came out that I was like, okay, I got to start watching some more of this British stuff was death at a funeral. Oh, I've seen that. Okay. So we, we Americans, we remade it. Okay. And I actually so watched, that means it's not nearly as good. Exactly. I watched it actually for the first time, the American version, um, probably last week. Okay. And I was like, so disappointed. I really was. I was because the the original was just so perfect. Every beat, every everything that you were laughing at that you shouldn't be laughing at, but it's funny, so you laugh at it. Yeah. Um. It just. I I highly recommend it. You should check it out. I have to check it out. I definitely made a note, so I have to check it out. And yeah. si- Simon Pegg is such an underrated actor. He um. There's a movie. Uh, I think it's called Hector and the Search for Happiness. Or- I I have yeah. Have you yeah. seen that? Uh-huh. Oh my god, it's such a good movie. I think it's Hector. Yeah, no, I've seen it. I mean, yeah. is there some that I, I didn't even realize that he had was a part of or that he was in and then I'm like, "Oh my god." 
this is amazing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's scary. It's a tearjerker. It's funny. It's, it's yeah. so good. What's, what's the one with the alien? Oh, Paul. Yes. Yeah. 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 That one's fantastic. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh, happy. Yeah. That was a great flick. Uh, Seth uh, Rogen was the voice, right? Yeah. 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 Um, that's kind of where we're at. Where can people go to find, you know, we need to get you some more social media characters so you don't lose jobs. Uh, where can they go to find you? Um, I have Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, um, and a website. And they're all my name. Just Kristen Renton, Kristen with an E. Okay. And uh, the new movies crickets. I'm sorry. The crickets dance. I almost said the crickets with a dance, which is nonsense. The crickets <laughs> dance. Um, so people should check it out. I'm definitely gonna, you know, it's got good ratings on IMDb, so I'm gonna check it out. Uh, it looks great. And um, thanks for joining us, man. This is great. Absolutely, thank you for having me. I had a lot of fun. This is yeah. wonderful. Yeah, and uh, keep up the great work with the dogs. I mean, that's thank you. So, thank you. Goodbye. Oh, but what are their what are their names? This is Paulo. He's adorable. Yeah, I don't know where Daxi went. Where Daxi go? Oh, he's he's sleep he's eating on his uh antler. He's got <laughs> his- so I used to have a um uh, a labradoodle. I actually, used to have two Aww. labradoodles, Aww. and uh, so I'm kind of borderline almost ready for a new dog. And I've already decided that uh, when I get a new dog, I love labradoodles, so I'll probably get one again. And uh, its name will uh, be Detective Fernandez, the Crime Labradoodle. <laughs> Detective Fernandez. Yeah, so like when he shits on the floor, you can be like, turn in your badge and your gun, you know, that kind of thing. Oh, I love it. That's amazing. So, but uh, thank you to our listeners. Uh, Go check out Kristen's movie and follow her on Instagram and all the social medias and and hug your dogs. Yes, hug your babies. Yeah. Bye-bye. And thanks for checking out the show today, listeners. Uh, If you enjoyed the content today, you can go over to patreon.com slash inebriart to support the show. You can join over there for just a few dollars a month and help us provide this fun content that you just checked out. You can also email us at inebriart.com with your questions, complaints, and concerns, or you can find us on all social medias at inebriart or at inebriart6 on Instagram. And also don't forget to check out our other shows, Bar Talk Podcast, Old Colony Cast, Inebriart, and all the other shows on the Inebriart Network, which you can find at inebriart.com. Thanks again for listening.